This week, we're going to share our recommendations for refrigerators that are off-grid friendly. The Ready Life into the country. Hi, I'm Lisa Meisner, and I'm Nick, her husband. Welcome back to the Ready Life podcast, where we show you how to make your home and family as independent as possible for basic necessities. Like your water, your heat, food, and the power that most of us depend on for these things. This week, we're going to share our recommendations for refrigerators that are off-grid friendly. That's right. Why you might be wondering is this even important? If the reason why is because if you're off the grid now, or you're envisioning being off the grid in the future, becoming as energy efficient as possible is going to be key. To being able to do this, unless you have a huge budget. So,、um, just as an example of why the refrigerator is、um, a big deal, because it's one of the appliances that's going to use more power than most of the appliances in your house. And this, if you were to plug your refrigerator into a meter and see how much power it's using when it's running, it wouldn't be all that much power. Maybe. Few hundred watts or less, but the deal is that it's running off and on throughout the day and throughout the night, and that adds up to a can add up to a substantial amount of power. Just, let's just take an example and say that you've got a large、uh, French door freezer fridge combo unit. You know, one of these big ones that have the、mm-hmm. the two doors and then the freezer underneath. Something like that could easily use two and a half kilowatt hours a day. And then let's say that you also had a couple of old chest freezers. You could easily、uh, use one and a half kilowatt hours a day for both of those combined, and so you could easily be up to four kilowatt hours a day. It could it easily be more, but we're talking more modern units for those、yeah. kind of、uh, amounts of power. And four kilowatt hours per day just for refrigerators and freezers. And that's probably more than we use in our entire house in a whole day. Yeah. And so this, things like this, if you can, if you can become much more efficient for items like this, you can dramatically cut the amount of power that you need to produce, which means you can dramatically cut the size and cost of your off-grid power system.、Mm-hmm. So that's why items like this are important. Refrigerators are not going to do it. In and of themselves, all by themselves, but it's just one of the items that we look at when we're trying to become e- as efficient as possible without changing our lifestyle. So then, does this mean we can't have a fridge or freezer? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this is what we're talking about: is trying to become as efficient as possible without dramatically changing our lifestyle.、Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, you can. It's a matter of choices. And、um, you know, your first the the first tip that I would say for you is、um, when when we're looking at ways that you can become more efficient with refrigerators and freezers is don't make a freezer your primary food storage method. You want to use it more as a convenience item than a、mm-hmm. primary where you've got all your food stored there. It's just there's too much risk there if you're on the grid. And the bulk of your food storage is in your freezer. Then you're one power outage away from losing the bulk of your food、exactly. storage, which is awful. Even if you're off the grid, 
we have a very reliable off-grid power system. I can't even, it's been, I don't even remember the last time that we had any kind of an interruption. And if it, it was years ago, and it was probably just a momentary thing. And, but even with that, I still don't want to rely upon a freezer as my primary food storage method because anything man-made can break. And um, I it, there's just too much that could go wrong. And so we try to use a freezer as convenient for a couple of things, as a convenience item for certain things that you really like frozen. Like mm-hmm. what yeah, there's some items that I just don't like canned. I just don't like mm-hmm. berries. Like frozen berries are so delicious to have. Um, peas. Those are another one of my non-negotiables. Peas do not belong in a jar. <laughs> I just do not like canned peas. So there are a few things like that that I per- personally prefer in a freezer. But I also recognize that if something happens with my freezer, I have plans to either dehydrate or can them up so that way I don't lose my food. So I have like a backup plan for my freezer in case something goes wrong. Because I mean, freezers, they break. Power systems, man-made things, like you said, they, they're they not 100% reliable. But so. if you had tons and tons of food and a bunch of freezers, there's yeah. no way you could preserve it fast enough during a no. power outage or freezer breakage or whatever. Yep. So um, all that to say, try and focus on for your food storage methods, um, methods, using methods that don't rely on electricity in order to keep the food preserved, like canning, dehydrating, which you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And don't forget about nature's refrigerator, a root cellar. Yes. You know, that's that's an excellent alternative to a refrigerator. It's not going to replace a freezer, but at least a refrigerator, it could. And even if you don't have, even if you can't do a root cellar or you don't have one, you can approximate that with a cool room in your house, a Mm well-insulated room that Maybe you leave the window cracked in the winter where it stays cool, and then in the summer you button down the hatches and and try and keep it as cool as possible and all of that. Those are some options as well. Or your basement, too. If, if you have a basement, a lot of times rooms in, down in the basement stay cooler. Just like a root cellar. Yeah, very right. much like a root cellar. Yeah. So. so those would be some initial things is don't focus on the freezer as a primary food storage method. And this can reduce the amount of refrigerators and freezers that you need, which is going to help you save a bundle of power mm. right there. Because if you can whittle it down from the huge fridge freezer and two more chest freezers, if you can whittle that down to maybe one medium-sized chest freezer and a more moderately-sized fridge freezer unit, you've just saved yourself a bunch of power right there, yeah. just like that. Yeah. So what are some other things. Um, I think one thing that um, that comes to mind is that um, once you get a better feel for what you actually need, you know, once you've gone through this process and you're using other food storage method as primary and all of this, um, you're going to have a better feel for what is the smallest sized unit that you need. And I, I kind of referenced mm-hmm. this a little bit ago, but I just want to make this point. It's not just about eliminating the extra chest freezer. It's also about, do I really need this huge fridge freezer unit mm-hmm. or could I make do with a smaller one? 
Mm. Um, because the larger it is, all other things being equal, the more power it's going to use. And I mean, honestly, I mean, if if we as women are perfectly honest with ourselves, half of our fridge, okay, maybe a third of our fridge is food that's gone bad. And we need, we need to clean it out of there anyway. If we really kept our fridges down to just what we were actually using, then we don't need these massive fridges all the time. So, you know, that's that's true. That's, that's something that we as women can, I mean, even men too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Hmm. Throw stuff out if it goes bad or if it's getting old. Right. So another thing <clears throat> is the cooler the environment that the refrigerator or freezer is in, the yes. less power it's going to use. So if you're if you have your fridge or freezer located right next to your wood stove and it's 80 <laughs> or 85 degrees all the time, it's going to use a lot more power than if you had it out in your unheated shop or garage where it's 40 degrees. The amount of power usage is going to be substantially different. Mm. So um, we've played around with this over the years. We started out with this, going the super efficient route where we had everything out in an unheated room, but it was very inconvenient. And yes. so you got kind of tired of that. <laughs> I'd have to get boxes or bins or something to go out and get the stuff I needed from the fridge so I could bring it in to make the meal. And then, oh, I forgot to grab the salad dressing. So then I'm rushing back out to go get the salad dressing and it's raining or, you know, so it did, it did get old. It did get old really fast, but so, you know, it did save us power at a time when we really needed that. True. So. But then we decided to take a page from at least my grandma's playbook. I remember <laughs> she had the fridge freezer in the kitchen and then out in her garage in a storage room was the deep freeze, we called it. Mm. And that's where her longer term stuff that she didn't access all the time was. That was the storage. And then she worked out of the inside fridge freezer unit. And so that's what we've ended up with. We kind of gradually transitioned and that's where we're at now is we have yes. a, a um, fridge freezer, of efficient fridge freezer um, in the kitchen where it's convenient. As far away from the wood stove as we could. <laughs> right. And then we have a chest freezer out in our unheated shop where during the winter, which is um, the hardest time from a solar off-grid perspective, it's uh, very cold out there and it uses much less power during that time of the year. And so that's worked well for us. Yes. Yep. So we did, I remember um, one really efficient way that we used a refrigerator was converting a chest freezer into a refrigerator. Um, we used that for a while too when we were really tight with our budget and we didn't have a lot of money so we had to cut power everywhere we could and that was one way because um you know heat rises and cold sinks so if you have an upright fridge and you open the door then all of that cold air is going to sink out of your fridge every time you open the door um but with a chest freezer um which we had taken a chest freezer and they have a little conversion um kit that you can plug into your um, plug into your freezer and then it would convert it to a fridge essentially and then we would use the chest freezer so every time you open the door of course the cold sinks and so you don't lose all that cold air 
And we used that for many years, actually. The other thing um, is freezers have thicker insulation than refrigerators do. That's also true. And so yeah. when you use a freezer as a refrigerator... It was super, yeah. super efficient. It really was. very little power. So that was, that was really... That was like the ultimate from an energy, from a low-cost, super efficient perspective. So if you're yes. on a super tight budget and you need to cut as much energy usage as you can, mm. that's the way to go. It wasn't convenient, though, which is why we no, don't do it anymore. It wasn't convenient. That's why we use our deep freeze out in the shop because it's cold out there, especially during the wintertime when we're not producing as much power. It's already cold, and so it works really well because it doesn't have to run as often or as much. But working um, out of a chest, it, it was the layout of the chest unit. Yeah, but that with, daily. with the, using the chest freezer as a refrigerator was really difficult because you may you there's a spill or you know you only have just the floor space and maybe a basket or two up top to store things and so then you're trying to stack boxes but then they get moist and they kind of start to crumble and then the um the bottom of the freezer the fridge freezer that we were using <laughs> would get so disgusting so then you'd have to pull everything out and then spend two hours just trying to clean all of that up out of the bottom of the, the fridge freezer. And so, yeah, having a upright fridge is really convenient just from a you know practical everyday use standpoint. Right. And so, yeah, that's why we, we got a smaller, um, actually, it's more of a standard size yeah. fridge freezer mm -hmm. that we have, but it's just very efficient. Right. Um, Which brings us to recommendations on on what direction to go with a model. And what I would say to you, uh, we're not going to delve into model specific model numbers and all of this kind of thing that's constantly changing with yeah. appliances. Uh, but what I will say in general principles is that if you are currently off the grid or you plan on going off the grid very soon, then I would highly recommend that you go with a DC-powered, super-efficient refrigerator mm -hmm. or freezer. I used to say, don't bother with it, because the only options that we had just not very many years ago was the, this brand that was super expensive. It was like $3,000 for a refrigerator freezer, mm -hmm. and it was just out of sight. And so I would tell folks, just get the most efficient conventional model you can, take the money you saved and put it into a bigger solar system. But nowadays, we're, we paid pretty similar price to what you'd pay for mm -hmm. a Typical conventional mm -hmm. mo model for our DC-powered fridge freezer that uses just a fraction of what conventional ones would. And so that's what I would say. The reason I say specifically for those of you who are off the grid or going off very soon is that if you're currently on the grid, then it's not going to be quite as convenient with a DC refrigerator because then you're going to have to get a power converter <laughs> that can convert your regular AC electricity in your house to the DC power that the refrigerator runs off of, which can totally be done. I know people who have done it, and you can do that. So if you want to think ahead and get a DC model for the future, then more power to you. That's great. But just be aware that you're going to have to take some extra steps like that. And so if you are currently on the grid and you don't have plans to go off the grid anytime soon, then you might be better off just looking for the most efficient uh, AC-powered conventional unit that you can. Energy Star, 
Gov is a great resource for locating efficient models, but in all honesty, what I do when I'm shopping for something like that is I go to an appliance store, like for instance, Home Depot, uh, go to their website, any kind of an appliance store that has a really good selection of appliances and whittle it down to the size, the minimum size that I know that I need, and then just go through them one at a time, looking at the little yellow energy tag. You know mm -hmm. how all these appliances have yes. a little yellow energy tag? Well, for a refrigerator or a freezer, that tag will tell you how many kilowatt hours per year it's supposed it's rated to use mm -hmm. under laboratory conditions. Granted, this isn't necessarily um, exactly how much power it's going to use for you, but it gives you some kind of a measurement to compare with others. And also, if you want to figure out an approximation of how much power per day that would be, then you just take that number. Let's say it was 300 kilowatt hours per year. You would take 300, divide it by 365 days in a year, and then that'll tell you how many kilowatt hours per day it should use under average laboratory conditions. And um, that's, uh, that's what I would recommend for that kind of a situation. And um, yeah, but we've been really happy with our DC model, but I know mm -hmm. plenty of folks that have been very happy with the uh, efficient AC model. And I think either, either of those would be a great option. And then for chest freezers, so chest freezers, This I have slightly different suggestions for you on that because DC-powered chest freezers, at least the ones that I've seen, are still fairly spendy. And the conventional chest freezers, you can find some that are really efficient. And so the difference in power usage with chest freezers between the AC and the DC ones isn't as great, but the cost difference is substantial. So for a chest freezer, I think I'd be inclined, unless you just wanted to stay laser focused on absolutely the most energy efficient regardless of cost, unless that's you, then I would say to shop for the most efficient conventional chest freezer that you can and go with that. Yeah, and another tip with chest freezers is that if you can store your chest freezer out in a shop or a cold place right. during the winter time, then that's gonna cut your power. But not all chest freezers can function um, in cold environments. Right. So you have to look uh, at, the, at the information for that particular chest freezer and find the chest freezer that can operate in temperatures that are, you know, that go down to 32 or down to zero. Because um, they're out there. We we actually have one. It's just a conventional chest freezer. I don't remember what the brand was. Was it a Kenmore I or think something? it's one that's not made anymore, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, it was just a run-of-the-mill brand that happened to ha was more energy efficient, and it operates down at colder temperatures. So it's out in the shop. It's been, we're actually headed into a really cold snap, and it works just fine out there in the shop. So That's right. That's right. So I hope this has been helpful. <clears throat> we, if, the, if you're looking for more details on appliances like this, we've got a lot more ready for you <clears throat> in the Ready Life Academy. Uh, we've got a whole module and a course on this very topic of just going through one appliance after the next and helping you find the most efficient options that you can so you can become as efficient as possible without dramatically changing your lifestyle. And so if you're interested in that, you can go to thereadylife.com forward slash academy, 
and you can learn all about it there. But um, once again, it's these little, seemingly little changes that add up, and it doesn't change your lifestyle. It's just mm -hmm. the choice of appliances, just a simple choice that can save you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. with the cost of an off-grid power system and, and make it feasible. The difference between being able to do it and not being able to do it. Yep. That's how it was for us. This is the only way we were able to do this. That's right. And so you can too. So anyhow, we hope this is helpful and looking forward to sharing with you next week. And until then, have a great week. <laughs> Bye.